The Media Files for January 5th, 2021 is presented by LevelDownGames.com. On with the show. For me, it's 8.28 p.m., January 2nd, 2021. But for you, it's another very special bonus episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. It's the end of the year, beginning of a new year, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite things that happened in 2020. I know a lot of good things did not happen, but some good things did. Some good media things did happen. We've talked about a lot of them on this show, and we're going to talk about some of our favorites here today. And here, join with me in the studio for this special episode as we talk about movies and television back again the fan favorite popular demand kaylee's back in the studio kaylee welcome back to the media files thank you it's just an honor for me to be here for you good we are going to talk about some movies and some television some of our favorite things that came out this year and we've talked about a lot of movies and tv on the media files and you and i watch a lot of yeah. movies and television kind of in conjunction with each other right i feel like that's how our couples bond that's a weird way to say that that's how we bond no couples. i think that's fine i think that's a it's a I mean, a, a very core relative shared interest yeah, between Lindsay and I and you and Jeff. In fact, that's the entire reason you're here. It's the reason we're here tonight. Was because we're going to watch something. And I was like, let's go talk about things first. Let's just, before we watch movies, let's talk about movies. And I said, please. It would be better that way. And then let's watch a second movie. Let's just do a that's movie what I did. marathon all night. In the past week, I have watched one, two, three. Six, seven movies in the last week. Wow. And I've watched some good ones. Yeah. Ones that I'd never seen before. I'll tell you what happened. I watched, what did I watch? Something with Robert Pattinson. You know, I mean, Edward. Lighthouse? No, no, it was, I don't remember what it was, but then I got on like a Robert Pattinson kick where I wanted to watch everything he was in. And so I found this movie that he was in from a couple years ago. Water for Elephants. No, I've seen that one. I don't remember what it was. The 9-11 one. Those are the movies I know. He was in a 9-11 movie? Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. He was like some corporate worker. You know what it was? Actually, I remember what it was now. I listened to a podcast about Tenet, which he's in. And hey, I-, I had just heard about that because I watched The Great Big Fat Quiz of Everything. It's a British television. Is that the Graham Norton one? No. No. It's uh, with Jimmy Carr. Anyways, they have the best like game shows. They talked about it's the is that that's the um nolan movie right yeah it didn't it we talked good. about it on the media files too so thanks for yeah. listening <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay and well, i talked I mean, about it i'm not working right now no so fair enough my commute uh, my commute podcast yeah. wasn't needed i understand that <laughs> no i mean it's okay yeah. but i i just really like robert pattinson a lot i think he's really great in every i i found this movie on netflix called good time which okay. is about him and his brother are like petty thieves kind of okay and he tries to break his brother out of jail it is just it's by the guy that directed or the brothers that directed uncut gems did you watch that no i haven't even heard of that with adam sandler where he plays like a jeweler and he gets like in like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and there's people after him no what yes i did is it with jennifer aniston no okay then (laughs) 
Adam Sandler. Are you trying to sound relevant? No, that's the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. That was some Netflix movie where they're like on yeah. a date. Yeah, on a no, cruise. No, oh, is that a cruise too? I didn't watch that one because it looks stupid. <laughs> it, was, Uncut it Gems. was good. Uncut Gems is not funny. It is really? very serious. Adam. Yeah. Bringing he, in the And seriousness. he kills it, by the way. Really? Totally kills it. It's an awesome movie. And he's able to talk straight without doing his... Dopey, Doop-a-doo. yeah, <laughs> like he does. No, he does a really great job the entire time. Wow! So it's directed by the Safdie brothers. Okay, it's so stressful. I loved it, and I'll never watch it again. Yeah, because I much. can't. I can't. Even watch you know it again. the ending. It's too much. Uh, the ending is stressful too. Oh, the whole freaking thing is stressful. Oh, that's. And so, and so I saw this movie, it's directed by the guys that did that movie, okay. but a couple years prior. Yeah. And it's Robert Pattinson and one of the Safdie brothers is the other, is the oh, other okay, brother. Cool. And it is, it's so stressful. The whole, it's a lot like Uncut Gems in every way. Anyways, I watched that movie. I watched that new one on Netflix with George Clooney, Midnight Sky. Oh, is that good? Uh, it's all right. It's all did right. You, have, did you watch Gravity with George Clooney and Sandra Bullock? No, I wanted to. It was you all right. No, I really like talking about movies. Yeah, you've never even heard of any of these. <laughs> okay, so this one stars George Clooney, written by George Clooney, directed by George Clooney, like EP'd by George Clooney, I think. But he was like very involved in this. Yeah. For like a space movie, it's good. Like he he like is comfortable. It's another space movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. He doesn't go to space though. Anyways, it's that's not the point. Yeah. It's the it was all right. Anyways, I watched I just like got on this roll of movies and then I talked to you. I, I watched Hunt for the Wilder People, I yeah. watched Casino Royale. Like I just I've just been watching everything in the past like week. I don't know why. I binge watched Bridgerton. Oh yeah, and, and you said that was pretty weird. It 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 was it was good. It was very sexual. So if you're into if you watch Pride and Prejudice and think, man, if only I could watch Darcy perform a little bit of cunnilingus. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> this is the show for you. Cut that really? part out. But yeah, it was so explicit. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yep. I probably am not going to watch Bridgerton now. I wouldn't I recommend it if you because I didn't like. Pride and Prejudice when it didn't have sex. Yeah. Maybe I will watch Bridgerton. I'm just kidding. Sex, I make it for you. It was a little too sexy for me. Okay. But um, if you are not as sensitive as I am, then maybe it might be a rollicking good time for you. Well, let's talk about things we did like (laughs) from from 2020, uh, because we did just get out of that year. And I think that there's there's a lot of good things that we could talk about. But I've asked you to come up with, I combined movies and television together. Yeah. I want you to talk about, well, let's start with, what do we, do we start TV shows? Yeah. Let's start with TV shows. You brought a TV show and a movie. I brought a TV show and a movie and I want you, let's start with you. Your, I don't know if it's your favorite, but one of your favorite television shows from 2020. I, I wouldn't say it's a favorite television show, like top, but favorite from 2020 would be Queen's Gambit. Awesome choice. Really well done. Well acted, well written. It was well directed. The cost, I mean, everything about it was really, really well done. That was a show that after Lindsay and I watched it, we watched it about a month late. Yeah. After it kind of ramped up in popularity. Right, right. There was not a lot of buildup to the Queen's Gambit. And then it released and everybody kind of like slowly got into it. Got into it. And I, I kind of wish that we had watched it 
it earlier and got an episode of the Media Files out about that because it was so popular. It was really popular. It was really. You don't have any episodes on this. We um, didn't. We didn't talk about the Queen's Gambit. Okay. On the show. Well, then let me tell you about a viewers. So mm-hmm. Queen's Gambit, you've probably already seen. It's about. Um, it takes place in the fifties, sixties, seventies. I would say end of fifties, beginning of sixties. I think Maybe. there's a transition. Yeah. Anyways, it's about a young um, orphan girl who is a genius at chess, but also struggles with um, addiction and other things and just how she rises in the ranks um, internationally as this chess prodigy while battling um, the consequences that come with being uh, alone through a lot of your childhood and struggling with addiction. Um, It stars Anya Taylor-Joy, that's her name? Correct. Um, It has uh, Thomas... Gosh, he has three names, too. The kid from Love Actually, his first name's Thomas. Yeah, it's Thomas Brody Sangster. Thank you. I was Mm going to say Thomas Sanderson. I knew that wasn't right. (laughs) Thomas Brody Sangster's in it. Um, Dudley from Harry Potter's in it. So if you're a Harry Potter fan. Harry Melling. Harry Melling. Thank you. Um, Anyways, it's really good. I loved it because Anya Taylor-Joy, I feel like like she's in shows and you never really like her, but you're always rooting for her. She has been in a lot of things in like the last five years. She has. She pops up here and there. In like a wide variety of things. Different things. Yeah. She was in the- From Emma to- The X-Men movie she was in recently. She was in one where she's like some prodigy kid that, I don't know. Anyways, which she was in The Witch years ago. The Witch. Anyways, so she's she's not like a doe-eyed your tra- your traditional uh, protege. That's not that word. Whatever you would call like the da- the main girl in a in a show. Right. She's not protagonist. Your tra- no, but there's like a word ingenue. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, the like young kind of cute ingenue that you just love and is so likable. She usually kind of plays these complex characters that are you're rooting for them and and you want them to succeed, but there's something kind of. I don't know, necessarily dark or, or complex about them. So that's definitely her some character. Demons. Some demons. Yeah. That she's struggling with here. Um, but she does a fantastic job. Every every move, I mean, no pun intended, every, like, a physical move she makes with her hands or everything. I know she uh, pulled a lot on her ballet experience and her background because she's this female chess player in this male world. And she really wanted to bring out her femininity. So her outfits are so good if you're into fashion and clothes. The costuming of that show is incredible. So good. So beautiful. Once her bangs grow out a little bit, things are popping for her and um she's very feminine it's a great contrast to this man's world we all play chess and we're tough um and the way that they did they showed the way that they showed her thinking about the chess pieces i thought was so clever the way that they showed each of the games was so clever it was just really beautiful to watch it's really really well done the way they make chess games very intense yes Yes. and like you're you're like with bated breath waiting for the next move and it's it's stressful yes but so fun to watch queen's gambit was definitely one of my favorite shows of 2020. Yeah. Absolutely. I like chess a lot and played chess as I grew up, um, learned chess at a really young age. My grandfather taught me how to play chess and and I kind of picked that up for for years. I'd play online and every couple of years I, I get into this this mode where I play a lot of chess and the Queen's Gambit set that off for me again this really? year. 
And I thought you've been looking a little bit more intelligent lately. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't been, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just the looks. Okay. And it it makes my anxiety really get out of control. Chess, <laughs> for whatever reason, it chess makes me very, very anxious. I think because it's such raw, it's raw, your intellect against somebody else's. It's, There's no Well, love. I don't know that it's intellect, There's but it's not. It's, but the intellect is involved in it, but it's a lot of knowledge of the game. Yeah. A lot of knowledge of the game and, and learning moves and patterns and what to look for well didn't the game originate as like kings would play it? it's like um like it's like planning it was a war war without like war yeah. A battle. yeah yeah so it's that and so it was it just for whatever reason chess makes me very very anxious right. and and i got to the point where i was laying in bed at night till 1 in the morning having to work the next morning just thinking about chess and it and it wouldn't let me sleep and so I had well, to, and I've had to, in Queen's Gambit. so I know, <laughs> but I've had acting. to, I've had to draw back from chess really? like over the course of the last couple of weeks again. And this is what happens every couple of years. I wow. start playing, I get very, very anxious over it. And then I have to stop playing. It's the only thing that does that. It's the only How thing bizarre. that makes me that s- sort of anxious. So you completely related to her character minus the pill addiction. Minus the pill addiction, but, and minus all of the being very good at chess. <laughs> It's all the anxiety and, without the skill. And women, and being a woman. So minus everything. I didn't relate to Beth Harmon very much at all, actually. But I loved that show. It's Holy well smokes, I love that show. And the other show. thing I like is there's no, I like a story that has no villain. Meaning I don't think, oh, sure. I don't think life is black and white where there's good people, bad people. I yeah. think everybody has good qualities, bad qualities. Sometimes we're great. Sometimes we're not as great. And that's how the show was. You have. Yeah. And there complex is complex people. There is a there is a Russian chess player that she's kind of chasing the whole show, right, trying to be. Like, but he's not a mean guy. No, in fact, he's he's, he's very cordial and kind yeah, to her yeah. when given the chance. He's just her chess opponent. She's her own. She's villain. her own villain, yeah. which I think is how real life is more often than not. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool show. If you haven't watched The Queen's Gambit, go ahead and watch it. It's on Netflix. My favorite show, also on Netflix, it was a Netflix original, I think, everywhere but the United States. And then after it released, it got put on Netflix. But when the pandemic started, I was working a lot of very late night shifts at the hospital doing the screening for the employees coming in and out. And so I got a chance to watch a lot of TV, watch a lot of movies. And right around that time is when The Last Dance came out. The Last Dance was this ESPN documentary about Michael Jordan and specifically Michael Jordan's final season on the Chicago Bulls when they were going back for one more title. The Last Dance, right? That's why they called it that. And ESPN created this documentary I believe, and and there's reports that say that originally this was planned as kind of a 30 for 30 thing, that it was kind of envisioned as a 30 for 30. And what do you mean by 30 for 30? That's it. Okay. 30 for 30 is the name of ESPN's documentary series. It started as like a 30 minute short, like look into something. Okay. And then it evolved past that. Now they don't follow. The numbers are arbitrary now, (laughs) Uh, but, but it's a, it, it started as that they realized it was way too deep of a topic to go into. So they extended it to 10 full episodes and they're longer episodes too. I mean, you're looking at an hour plus each episode. And I grew up in the era where Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the league. And I'm of the camp of people that also believes that Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. Mm. I think that he is. I think that he played for who I consider to be probably the second best coach of sports 
ever. Yeah. Um, I think Bill Belichick is probably a better coach total, even though it's a different sport. I think he's probably the best coach of all time. But Phil Jackson, I think, is probably the second best. But what they've done is they've they've gathered all of this footage from the final season of of this Bulls team being together. And it's footage that people have never seen. It's it's locker room footage. It's interviews. It's footage of the players at their homes. And they compiled it all together. And then they do interviews with pretty much anybody who knew Michael Jordan in the 90s. And it is absolutely fascinating to watch. Even if you don't like basketball or don't like Michael Jordan or don't like the Chicago, whatever. Right. This is an absolutely incredible documentary because it shows you just how unique this era of the NBA was. And just how special it was that these players were all playing together at this time. And Michael Jordan was really that that glue that held everything together for so many seasons. And the reason that they were able to have so much success was because of this this like hungry, like insatiable drive in him to be better and to do better and to be anybody. Right. And they they interview players from, you know, like Isaiah Thomas. They interview they interview Kobe Bryant. They all these players that he had to play against. They interview and then they interview like all of his teammates. They interview Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. And it is just totally brilliant. Totally Mm -hmm. brilliant. There's. Some things I probably would have fixed. A lot of people, you know, claimed that they they felt that this was a puff piece for Michael Jordan. He was an executive producer on the show. (laughs) And so, you know, it's it's when when a producer on the show is the subject of the documentary. Right. right, right. There's a little bias, probably a little conflict of interest there. But they go into his gambling addiction. They go into how he wasn't a good teammate all the time. I mean, those are those are parts of the show and parts that I I felt like it was it was mostly fair. Yeah. Scottie Pippen felt like it did him pretty dirty. He came out after the documentary and said, I don't feel like it portrayed me very well. I think that Horace Grant said the same thing. Horace Grant didn't feel like he got portrayed very well. All that being said, one of my favorite things about this documentary, something I've never seen them do, is when they interview players, these other players that played with with Jordan, instead of getting his reaction about those interviews or talking to him about those interviews, they would hand him an iPad of the interview and film him watching that interview. So you would watch Isaiah Thomas give an interview about playing against Michael Jordan. Yeah. And then you would watch Michael Jordan huh. watching that interview. And it felt very organic seeing right. how he reacted to these players talking about him. Because he and had no time to prep. Exactly. Or there was no prep was work. And, and you know, there's there's memes of, of Michael Jordan on the Internet now laughing in his chair, you know, or yeah. or saying. And I took that as a personal attack. Like, that's a big yeah. meme now of Michael Jordan saying that. And that's all comes from these organic responses that huh. he had. It's a wonderful, I mean, definitely the best documentary I watched in, in 2020 and probably my favorite TV show overall that I more watched in 2020. The vow. <sighs> more than The Vow. Yes. Um, you know, and The Vow had such, gosh darn it, it had yeah, such it's like potential. For another day. Yeah. It was a topic it was in a another topic. day. <laughs> Yeah. So um, there you go. There's our there's our picks for shows. Yeah. Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Last Dance. Two good I think, ones. I think those are probably my maybe my two favorite shows of the year. Maybe. Yeah. Let's go to movies. Let's go to movies. I am excited about this because I have a good one that we haven't talked about. But let's start with you again. What was your favorite or one of your favorite movies of 2020? Okay. I and I know you have talked about this. I love Netflix's Eurovision with Will Smith. Oh my god. Not Will gosh. Smith. Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams and what? Dan Stevens. A movie and Demi Lovato. And Demi Lovato. 
And that's all the famous people. I'm sure there's more. Anyways. Graham Norton makes an appearance. Uh, the girl from What We Do in the Shadows. She She's in it for oh, a couple minutes. Watch that show. Well, it should. It's a good show. We should. talked about that on the show, too. I know you did. The Media Files covers everything. everything. It's everywhere. Such a good show. So, Will, I actually was talking to a friend about this movie. She's not a big fan of Will Ferrell. And right, he, he's a certain type of actor. You will always see him naked. He will always be yelling. Right. It's very um, it's a very specific type of humor. He's stereotyped. Is, he's very stereotyped. Yeah. Which works for him, so good on him, keep doing it. But this movie was so good to me. A, Rachel McAdams' acting is so good. She plays this little, for those of you that don't know it, I don't need to recap because you've already probably listened to the podcast yeah. on it. Um, Rachel McAdams, as she embodies this little Icelandic singer, does such a good job. You are rooting for her so much, so much so that when she, when the when it goes down in Eurovision, not quite how they planned, and she does that courageous walk to watch her score, even though she knew they had tanked in the worst way possible, possible it is the most inspiring moment i felt so inspired in this comedic movie watching her be brave even though she knew that she'd been embarrassed and then the the music is so well written the last song gives me chills every single time it um and again no big villain you think dan stevens is going to be one way his character is completely adorable you love him you just love everybody in this show it's so well done i still listen to some of the music oh yeah uh, and not the least of which is Yaya Ding Dong. Of course. Because that's the best song. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And, you know, and no, I mean, most of the songs in that movie are really, really good. Really good. Should we listen to Yaya Ding Dong real quick? We should. Yaya Ding Dong. It's so funny. And like you, you've said it multiple times. The guy that always yells, play Ya Ya Ding Dong, looks like my middle child, Wesley. <laughs> he looks like it's Wesley. It's, it's Wesley. 40 years. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so you, funny. But you pointed out something important about that show, too, is, or that movie, is that it's it's a comedy, but toes the line between comedy and like actually like kind of intriguing inspiring. competition, inspiring yeah. movie. And I never felt like Will Ferrell got too silly no, in the movie didn't. either. He almost kind of straight played this Icelandic, nerdy Icelandic singer. Which is funnier. It works better for this. I agree. If he had been over the top, it would have killed it. It, it worked, wouldn't have worked. It worked better for 2020. It did. And it worked better against Rachel McAdams. It would have been weird in 2006. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know comedy as well as you do, but yeah. I just, you know, like what, like Anchorman, yeah, yeah, Zoolander, yeah. like yeah. amongst those movies, this one would have been a sore right. thumb maybe, right. but I think it worked better today. It, yeah. it was a better, it's a better comedy for today. I liked it as well. Oh, such one of my top favorite. It's so funny. So well done. Good choice. Thank you. Eurovision, the saga of ice and fire. Ice, ice, ice and ice fire, fire saga, saga, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> saga, ice and fire, I think are in the name somewhere yeah. too. But Eurovision, that's on Netflix. Yes. We got a lot of Netflix. Netflix things did coming well. Out. Mine's isn't net. Mine, my movie's not Netflix though. Good. It's good to give the other people some love. Yeah. My movie's <laughs> going to another huge multi-billion dollar corporation because they need the attention too. Disney, Disney. Plus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mine's going to Disney Plus. And this movie. I don't know that it's my favorite movie of the year. I think I'm going to have a hard time picking a favorite movie of the year just because of the weird film landscape of 2020. Yeah. But the one I maybe have thought about the most and revisited the most is Onward. 
from Disney Pixar. Yes. And Onward was a movie that was supposed to be, well, originally was released in theaters and then got pulled from theaters right when theaters kind of all shut down because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. And then they surprised everybody, said, you know what, we're just going to put it on Disney+. Plus. And I was thrilled because I didn't get to see it before theater shut down. And but I wanted to. Yeah, I liked the voice cast. I liked the idea of this. It was this. It's this fantasy magical world where it's progressed into modern times. And so they have cell phones, computers, video games, cars, right, planes, you know, and no one does magic anymore. So there's elves and centaurs and dwarves all living together just in a normal world. Like diner workers. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this appeals to me. I they they very nerdy characters in this movie that that like magic and swords and sorcery, you know, and and the Dungeons and Dragons type humor that goes into this movie appeals to me. I play Dungeons and Dragons still to this day as a 34 year old man. Yeah, I have a weekly Dungeons and Dragons session with my friends. And so I knew that this would kind of the overall theme of this movie would appeal to me. What I didn't expect was you've seen it. I have seen it. Okay, good. I was I was hoping I wasn't going to spoil anything. (laughs) But I think what I didn't expect was going into this movie. I thought I was getting a father son movie. And that's how it was marketed, really, was was they're on a quest to find their dad. These two brothers are on a quest to find their dad. And that's really what the movie is about. That's the plot of the movie, but not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is brotherhood and how these two brothers bond and how they come to rely on each other and love on each other. And that was a a kind of theme that I wasn't anticipating going in and therefore watching it for the first time left me in a puddle of tears. Yeah, because I am a father of three boys and am constantly trying to engender some sort of friendly love between them, a friendly brotherhood that they can rely on each other, that they can play with each other. Because what I want in 30 years when I'm living alone with or me and Lindsay are living, you know, and, and, and no kids living with us. I want them to be friends. Yeah. You know, I want I want Ezra and Wesley and Gus to be, you know, best buds with yeah. each other. And they're close in age. Yeah. All, all three of my kids are close in age. And watching how the two main characters of Onward had to rely on each other and how they grew closer together from this journey. And then how that ended up being the point of the movie right. was that they didn't need their dad because they had each other now just broke me in a way that I didn't expect that night. And, and yeah. I watched it with my oldest, Ezra, and he looks at me and he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> They're always so worried when a parent cries. And I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> and he's like, dad, what's wrong? And I'm like, shut up and don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> the manly tears. <laughs> and I just, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. It also probably had, I don't know about my favorite, but one of my favorite songs from a soundtrack this year, which was Brandy Carter. Carlisle singing uh, You Carried Me With You. Beautiful song. It played during the credits of the okay. movie. I'll have to go back and listen and it's, to it. And that's what it's about is that, you know, in these hard times, I was okay because you helped me. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a wonderful song. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, you got to listen to Yaya Ding Dong. Let's listen real quick <laughs> to this Brandy Carlisle song.
um, I watched that movie with Jeff, and I w- the ending doesn't quite go the way that it's built up to go. They build up this narrative, like Kyle said at the beginning, and it, the ending doesn't quite happen that way. And I remember Jeff afterwards was like, oh, this brother, you know, he felt bad for one of the characters. And I, I said, no, I think the fact the way it ended it did underlined how poignant that brother relationship was. Absolutely. It was just really, really well done. That was... It didn't end the way I thought, and that's what I think. That's better. that's yeah. what made me love it so much. Yep. It subverted my expectations. What a you know strange year for movies and TV, but not bad year for movies and TV. No, I still liked so many things that happened this year, and we had so much good happen amongst the terrible coronavirus. Yeah, that uh, I'm glad we. I mean, I mean, there was enough content to do the media files. Yeah. for heaven's sake, for six months we've been going. That's very incredible, and we're going into 2021 now. That is amazing. By the way, congratulations! Thank you, and th- no, really, thank you because I owe you so many thanks. I have these media files stickers now Lindsay got me a pack of them for christmas they're hollow they're like a hollow foil they they glimmer and shine they are so cool if anybody wants one of these stickers reach out to me uh on instagram or twitter or discord whatever reach out let me know here's the deal if you tell somebody if get somebody to listen to the media files you don't have to get proof of that just tell me that you did i'll take your word for it and i will send you a sticker for the media files i don't care where you live don't worry about it shipping's on me i'm gonna send you one of these stickers they're so rad it's about five inches long you can put it on a water bottle put it on your forehead do whatever you want with it i don't care but if you want one let me know i put a picture of them up on my instagram story today but you won't be able to see that because this episode's not going to post till after anyways kaylee thank you so freaking much for being here thanks for inviting me talking about our favorite things of 2020 but that's all the time we've got. We want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this bonus episode of The Media Files. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, help us grow. And special thanks to Brian for technical assistance. Don't forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. I'm on Twitter or Instagram at Brewstuff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H. Or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to. And maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest. We'll see you later.